an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we've got uh, Bob Savage back with us as well. Ahoy, mateys! Hey, your voice is sounding good, Bob. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, it's a little little raggedy here and there, but uh, it's like 95% now. There you go. Yeah, no, glad to have you back on the show. I know uh, your voice has been uh, giving you a little bit of an issue, so happy well, to have you back. Thank you very much for the glad tidings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are going to talk about property tax today, but before we do, I want to tell you guys about two events that are coming up. Uh, three, actually, three events coming up. Um, little promo here. So first one is the ugly disco. I want to make sure you guys are aware of it. I am going to be there. I hope you guys join me. That is March 28th at 7 PM. Um, I believe it goes through till midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Uh, it is to benefit Galasano's children's hospital. Uh, check it out. Uglydisco.com. Plenty of details there. Um, would appreciate it if you guys join me there. I've gone... Too bad I threw away my platform shoes. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's it's great. I so normally what I do, I go to like the thrift shop, like you know Goodwill, Salvation Army, or you know anything else, and you can usually find some fun stuff for like a couple dollars and uh, have a good time. So, um, so so that's the first event. Next event um, is this Thursday night, six thirty to seven p.m. Uh, we are doing kind of like a, a signature party. So I've been harping on you guys uh, the last week and a half, maybe two weeks, about uh, making sure you sign a petition to get a candidate you want to see on the ballot. Um, and a lot of people, you know, if somebody doesn't knock on your door, you might never see one. You might not know how to do it. So this Thursday night, 6.30 to 7 p.m., um, join me at the Dutch Mill in Greece on the uh, the upstairs in the party room. We will have petitions there. You can sign for candidates to get on the ballot. Um, you do have to be a registered libertarian in Monroe County to be able to sign the petitions. Um, that's not me saying that. That's New York State saying that. Um, so this is a political process that New York State Board of Elections put in place. Uh, if candidates want their name on the ballot, people registered to their party need to sign. Now, if you're a registered Democrat or Republican or independent or conservative or Green Party, um, first thing you should do is change your party to Libertarian. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Um, but your candidates probably also have petitions circulating around. Um, so if there's somebody you really want to see on the ballot, I would highly recommend you reach out to their campaign and say, hey, um, where do I go to sign the petition so your name's on the ballot? 
So that is, uh, that is this Thursday, 6.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Dutch Mill in the upstairs party room. Come meet me there. Um, Sean, who's on the show, sometime will, sometimes will be there. Kevin, who's on the show um, Tuesdays and Fridays, will be there. We'll all be there. We'll be hanging out um, and helping people sign the appropriate petitions. The final thing I want to bring up is tomorrow night is the county legislative meeting for Monroe County. Um, I'll be there speaking along with other people about the sanctuary status for Monroe County. So if you're a Second Amendment supporter, if you think this is important, um, please show up to the Monroe County building. It is 39 West Main Street, and I just got to look up the time. I believe it is 6 o'clock p.m. I'm pulling it up for you guys right now. Almost there. Yes, 6 p.m. So 6 p.m. at the Monroe County building, fourth floor. Um, be there if you want to uh, show support for the Second Amendment in Monroe County. There we go. I think I made it through all of them. <laughs> there you go. So I went out for pancakes yesterday down to the Cartwrights uh, down in Allegheny County, our, our usual spring sojourn. And coming out, who do we run into but Andrew Hollister waiting in line for his pancakes with his lovely wife, Yolanda. Yep, yep, absolutely. So that's uh, that's been an annual uh, thing for me ever since I can remember. Yeah. Um, my family and I, we go down, and, and yesterday was – kind of a unique situation for us because it was um just four of us but i i have a big family i mean my immediate family is seven and then you know people have their girlfriends or wives or whatever so there's been many a time that we show up with you know 10 12 16 people and uh so it was really exciting how quickly <laughs> we got a spot with yeah. with a small group it was yeah awesome. it's a, it's intimidating a lot if you're a, if you're a neophyte you've been to cartwrights you know you pull up to the place and typically especially if it's a nice you know day like yesterday <clears throat> there'll be this huge line that stretches out into the parking lot and you think you know we're going to be here all day but it really the line really moves quickly oh yeah yeah i mean we the line was it was out into the parking lot, and I don't know how long we were there, but it wasn't long, maybe like 15, 20 minutes tops. Um, and, and I mean, we got in there real quick, and they're just making these pancakes so fast that when you sit down, they come over, uh, they take your order, and it just seems like almost instantly your your food is there and ready for you. That's Rhonda. Yeah, as you walk in the place, Rhonda Amadon, who's uh, you know a Cartwright, she she's been flipping the pancakes there on that griddle for thirty seven years, ladies and gentlemen, and it's just this nonstop assembly line. They're they're buckwheat pancakes. They're very light, and uh, you know you can eat a lot more of them than you think you can. And she's just uh, she's just like this this machine. We like to sit at the counter because you're all, the the old original maple tree in setup uh, is when you walk in. There's the uh, they just used to just have a I don't know like I think it's three or four booths around the outside of the dining area, and then you had the the seats at the counter where you actually sit there and you talk to Rhonda while she's flipping the the pancakes, and uh, she's very entertaining and uh, it's it's just it's a great experience. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Wow, so that that was small. They must have added onto that building like a ton because I think they've got what like 130 tables now or something like that. Yeah, I, I believe that they can seat 280 uh, at any given time now. And uh, uh, when I first started going there, you you came in through what is now the gift shop, and there was a little uh, kind of like a um, a covered bridge that went over this ravine. 
And everybody would like crowd into this covered bridge because usually the weather was terrible because it's, you know, early spring. And because uh, uh, Cartwright is only open a couple of months a year. They're only open from usually mid-February as soon as the, the sap starts to run from the maple trees until right around Easter time. Then they close up. So it's a limited time opportunity and people come from everywhere. We had a little, uh, a uh, little moment of drama yesterday. It was uh, very entertaining. The folks who were waiting outside watched as a helicopter came in and landed across the road. And that, by the way, happens a lot, believe it or not, yeah, at Cartwrights yeah, that the, the helicopters show up. This guy, I think the one pilot is from Leroy, just likes to fly down for his pancakes. And it's just fun to watch him trying to pick a place up there in the upper field where his outriggers on his helicopter don't sink into the mud. So he's kind of like hovering around looking for a solid place to put the thing down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I was very young the first time I saw the helicopter show up at the maple tree, and I, I thought that was like the coolest thing. And sure enough, like every year, um, it always seems that somebody's there, you know, with, with a helicopter. And it just kind of, I think, speaks to how cool the place is and how many people it attracts. Um because, yeah, you've got this, like, long line. When you go through the parking lot, you see license plates from not just New York, but Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Um, and it's, it, Canada. For us, it's it's really just like a cool family tradition. It really is. Um, it's it's a, kind of a rite of spring. How many restaurants have you ever been to, folks, where helicopters come in to bring people in? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only one for me. Yeah, it's uh, and it, it, as as uh, as Andrew has has uh, alluded to, it's not an unusual thing at at uh, car rights. I I, yeah. I would say probably more times than not, we've gone there and there's a helicopter sitting in the field across the road. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and kind of something you brought up too is that they're not normal pancakes. No, People no. People are always shocked to hear when I go there because I do not like pancakes i just i i don't find them appealing they're yeah, kind of disgusting to me thick and I, doughy and uh, yeah yeah but i i love their pancakes the butt week pancakes they're, they're the only ones i'll eat no there's nothing like them uh and uh and it's a great value i mean the only thing on the menu is pancakes pancakes and sausage pancakes and eggs pancakes and and bacon uh and the the uh, the pancakes are all all you can eat they're, it's always served uh, family style and it's so you always get this big stack of pancakes, and uh, they they just keep them coming as long as you want to eat them. And I think it's I don't know what is it seven dollars. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty cheap. And and you know what we tried yesterday was the maple milkshake, which was pretty good too. But that is the music. We are going to take our break, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about countries that don't have property tax. Uh, kind of an interesting thing I stumbled on this weekend. We'll talk about that when we come back on Radio Free New York. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. And uh, what would life look like for you, Bob, if you didn't have to pay property tax? Well, you know, the cynic in me says uh, I would I would life would make me suspicious because I would say, all right, no more property tax. Where are you going to get me elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. And in I, what I other think, way are you going to rape me? Yeah. Well, I, I and I definitely think that that's uh, that's probably the default sentiment for most of us. Um, and then there's another sect of people that I think um, probably think, 
oh no, we won't have roads, we won't have schools, we won't have like all these other things. Um, and then there's probably the the little sliver of us that are like, no property tax would be awesome. Yay, yeah, oh, yeah. hopefully we could figure this out. But, really? you know, I think most of us are kind of cynical about it. Yeah. Uh, so the, why do I bring this up? Well, I just happen to be uh, scrolling through Facebook and um, a Facebook ad popped up and it, it was pretty interesting. Um, it is this company who is selling one foot by one foot squares wow. of land in Scotland. Um, and, and you might be wondering, like, why would you want to own a foot by a, a square foot of land in Scotland? Um, well, what they're doing, this is kind of like a, a nifty thing here. Um, they're selling one square foot lots of land and assigning people lordship titles with it. So, uh, well, you so could be, be like Lord EDME, the last, last king of Scotland, right? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So you could be Lord whatever, Lady whatever, you know, and buy this, uh, this little square foot of land. Um, so, so it's pretty interesting. I, I was like reading this, it caught my attention because, you know, the first thing I think is like, if you own land in another country, what? what do you pay property tax on that for? Right. You know, like, are you going to get an annual bill to pay property tax um, for this little square foot of land you own in another country? Um, and, and turns out this company, this apparently is a frequently asked question because it's like one of their number one answered questions. Um, and apparently you don't pay property tax on it. So that got me thinking. Um, they're like, yeah, there's no property tax in Scotland. Um, turns out that's kind of like half true. Um, there's no property tax in Scotland on land under, it looks like 150,000 euros of value. So, you know, you're one foot by one foot square in Scotland, uh, so that you could have a lordship is, uh, is not property taxable. Um, but that did get me kind of thinking about, are there other places that don't have property tax? I'm, I'm, and, some of this is eluding me a little bit because it's so you're buying a square foot of land because there's you're just buying something because there's no property taxes on it. I'll tell you what, folks, I'll sell you one square minute of airtime on WYSL. There's no property taxes on that either. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. No, so their their draw is their their marketing is that you can then change your name to Lord whatever. Well, you so can change you can, it. You buy a square minute of time on WYSL, you can change your name to anything. There there you go. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's totally like a novelty um, gift. You know, it, it's kind of like a goofy thing. They they appear to be really successful because I, like I a, saw people there. Like pet rock or something. Oh, say it again? It's like a pet rock kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like a pet rock. However, um, they they have like a resort nearby or something. So you can come stay in a hotel and visit your plot of land. And they give you like, you know, a royal crest and, and all this stuff. It's it's totally like, it, it it's certainly marketed towards a certain set of people. And apparently they buy it and they're very happy with it. That's, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. But yes, basically a pet rock. I want to hire that sales guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they must be doing okay. I don't know. Um, so so it's got me thinking. Like, okay, so no property tax. Are there countries or places that have no property tax? 
And, you know, it seems that the further south you go in the United States, the less and less your property tax is. Um, in New York, we are uh, kind of punished with really absorbent um, property tax here, especially in New York State. Some of the highest in the country. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We definitely hit the top 10 list on that. Um, and that's just state property tax. Don't forget, like, the counties. Um, are are able to like add in and the towns are able to like add in their property tax on top of that. Um, and then we have a school tax, which a lot of people don't realize is actually separate from your property tax because depending on how you get your bill, it might not be broken down. Um, but I did find there are some countries that don't have property tax. I will just share them with you. Um, in Europe, you have Croatia, uh, Liechtenstein, uh Malaysia, no, Malta, Malta, Malta. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, Monaco. Then in the Caribbean, you have the Cayman Islands, Dominica, Turks in Caicos. Uh, Caicos. Yep. Islands. There you go. Yep. Uh, Oceania. You have the Cook Islands and Fiji. Indian Ocean. You have uh, Sri Lanka and something that I am not able to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> um. Middle East, you have uh, Bahrain, Bahrain, Israel, Bahrain. Bahrain. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, Bahrain, Israel, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and United Arab Emirates. So uh, those are the ones. It looks like there's no North America or or South American countries that don't have property tax. Okay, we have June from Pittsburgh on the line. Hey, June. Oh, Jim. I thought it said June. Hey, Jim. Hey. Well, no, my voice is too deep for June, Bob. But how you guys doing? We're doing okay. June is busting out all over here. <laughs> I went golfing yesterday. Of course you did. Uh, yeah, my uh, I just got my reassessment where I live, and uh, there I'm up fifty grand, fifty over fifty, almost fifty one thousand. They increased my assessed value. Ain't it great? Isn't that nice? Yeah, and not, and, not only, and, and not only that, here in the great state of New York, not only are your property taxes going up $50,000, no more plastic bags for you. So it's well, uh, just government at its best. So, Bob, I saved, I saved a bunch of bags, so I'm going to stick it to the governor for a few months anyhow. But uh, driving in between all these uh, potholes out here is, uh, I'm thinking, well, maybe they'll spend a little of my money that they're not going to raise my taxes, they told me. Right. Uh, when, uh, with my increase, you know, it says that doesn't necessarily mean your taxes are going to go up. Yeah, so. no, that's that's actually true. Um, and this is something that when I got my assessment, uh, I didn't totally understand. And we we did a show on this. Um, man, this must have been months ago now, uh, explaining how the tax burden on the county um, is split up among the property values. So your your property tax could increase significantly like you said $50,000 um and and my assessment went up as well and even though my assessment went up i don't i don't remember by how much it went up um my property tax actually lowered by like $27 or something like that um and the reason for that was everybody else's went up by i guess so much more than mine that um, once you divvy it all up, I actually had a smaller share than uh, than other people in my area uh, because their property tax went or their assessments went up more than mine did. What town was that? Uh, that that was in the city for me, so I, I'm in Charlotte. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. 
But yeah, yeah so it's it, it is definitely um, you know an interesting situation, and and there is that thought that like if they don't raise the taxes, um, maybe they'll raise the assessment. But that's that's kind of like a, it's calculated just a, a little bit differently than most people um, know. So it is very possible your assessment could go up significantly, and your taxes could stay the same or even go down. Well, I wouldn't count on that where I live, but uh, going going up is going to be the. Uh the one thing that's going to be happening so yeah i yeah. guarantee you that yeah yeah no it, and that's that's that definitely happens to people I'm, I'm sorry to hear uh that that happened um it's it's kind of uh unfortunate you know there's this image that floats around the internet um and it's got some squares and it's like you know the house how you see it the house how your neighbors see it the house how your family sees it uh, then the house, how the tax assessor sees it and how the bank sees it. And, you know, it's all varying levels of like anywhere from a shack to a huge mansion. And, uh, well, they, you know, they're, but they're, they're going now off of what has been the past couple of years. I, I saw real estate. So it, it's been a hot market. So now because New York is, you know, New York can't borrow a penny, uh, you know, they need more money. So they're going to come at the homeowners once again. Plus, we're going to lose the star. I mean, they got the stars not in the budget this year. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, last I checked, there's, there's, uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. gone. I won't, be, I won't, Bob. I won't get my four hundred and what eighty dollar check or whatever they sent me. Uh, you know, that's going to kill me. Jim, I'm trying. I hate to tell you this, you're going to have to get that paper route back. I think. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Nobody subscribes to the paper anymore either. I guess that's yeah, not going to work. My 90-year-old father canceled the paper like five years ago. I I thought I was going to fall over when that happened. All right, guys, you are listening to Radio Free New York. We are going to take our next break. We'll be back in a moment. Radio Free New York. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Uh, I actually just got a text message from one of my friends saying he drives down to Angelica for the last uh, 35 years and he uh, never checked out the Pancake House. So, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he knows about it. He always kind of like looked at it as a tourist attraction. I just texted him and said, hey, you know what? We're going to have to go together. Yeah, uh, no, he needs to do that. It's, 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 uh, it's, come on now. It's mandatory here in Western New York. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. It, it, it's pretty good. Um, so definitely, definitely recommend it. Definitely no no uh, coronavirus scare there. <laughs> no, no, no. So, like, I mean, yesterday, beautiful sunny day, and they were lining up for pancakes. And the other, the other nice thing about that, too, I mean, not to belabor this, but uh, everybody has such a great time. You're waiting in line, you know, and sometimes it's kind of a cool breeze. It's springtime, and... Uh, it's still, uh, you know, pretty, pretty chilly out, but everybody's in a great mood. They're all chatting. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of camaraderie, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of connections with people swapping stories and laughing it up while they're in line. It's a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. You never, you never know who you're going to meet in line. That That is, uh, you know, certainly, you know, as you're sitting there, you do kind of like build up relationship with the people in front of you and behind you and it, Maybe you never see them again. Maybe you do, you know, but it is a cool thing for sure. So uh, so today we're talking about property tax. Um, I happened to just stumble across the, the idea that there are countries that don't have property tax. 
Um, I know a lot of you are thinking and wondering right now, if they don't have property tax, do they have other fees or taxes in place um, that, that are just raised an increase in other places? And the answer I have for you is, I don't know. <laughs> so um, I did start researching it. I did start looking into it. And as you might expect, um, just like here in the United States, a lot of these countries, their taxes and their tax codes are so complicated. Um, you really got to be like a CPA to truly understand how the tax rates would affect you similarly in another country. Well, um, I think that's that's a prerequisite of a, of a really good confiscatory tax scheme is you have to make it completely you know, opaque, confusing, and, and needlessly detailed. So that way you can pull the wool over people's eyes that much easier. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that is, you know, one of the biggest complaints I have about, well, I have many complaints about our tax system, many, um, but probably the biggest one is it is just so confusing. It is so hard to navigate. The average person um, needs to use some specialized software to calculate out their taxes, whether well, that's online. That's necessary here. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Um, you, you got to have, you know, TurboTax or HR Block or, or some big conglomerate to do your taxes, um, either online or in person, or you go to a local CPA like I do. Like, I love supporting my small businesses. Um, so I go to a CPA and my taxes are complicated. There's no way I could figure this out by myself without some sort of assistance. So, you know, I, I always liken it to, um, if you went to a restaurant to get a meal and you had to then hire somebody to calculate your bill for you, and if you overpay, you might never find out about it. But man, if you underpay, you're going to be in trouble at some point in time. Yeah, so, I mean, don't, don't suggest it. <laughs> That's all we no. need. <laughs> yeah. Have, have, have restaurants, you have to go to the restaurant with your CPA. Yeah, yeah. This is just, just a bad situation. Um, so I, I do want to explore this conversation a little bit though, because I, I hear people say very often like, Hey, you know, if we didn't have property taxes, we wouldn't have roads, we wouldn't have schools, we wouldn't have all these things. And I, so I want to kind of debunk a few of these, um, first being the roads piece. Cause that's the number one thing I hear is that if we didn't have property tax, we wouldn't have roads. And, and I just want everybody to know we have a gas tax. Right. And property and taxes, that, property taxes don't go to roads. Exactly. Yeah. Property tax does not go to roads. When you purchase gasoline at the gas station, you are paying for your roads there. Yeah. What is it? Is it uh, I think the total tax uh, burden in New York is it's about 60 cents a gallon, I think. Yeah, it could be. I, I forget because there's like a federal tax. There's a local tax. There's like all these little taxes like built into the cost of a gallon of gasoline. Right. Um, I, I think you're probably right. Maybe 60 or for some reason, the number 67 cents is ringing a bell to me, but that, that could be any tax in New York at this point. You just never know. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the reasons that gas prices fluctuate so much state by state. It's not the only reason there's obviously, um, delivery, like, you know, proximity to the delivery and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but yeah, so your roads are actually paid for by gasoline purchase, not 
by property tax. So that's kind of like debunk item number one. Um, wanna wanna cover that? Um, another one that I hear significantly less often, but people bring up usually when you debunk the road piece. Um, they'll say, well, then we wouldn't have like sewers and running water, <laughs> you know, um, which you may or may not know this. You actually pay a sewage tax, at least in Monroe County, you do. Um, and it is actually calculated based on the number of gallons on your water bill that you're billed for. So I, I don't know how many people know that. I called up the county once asking about um, why I saw some weird charges and they're like, oh, that's the sewage tax and you use less gallons of water this year than you did the year before. Um, so that's why you see that change. So and, just just looking it up here, by the way, in case you're keeping track of our home version of the game, 68 cents a gallon. Uh, this is as of January 2015. So this is probably maybe a little, um, I yeah, 70 cents in Pennsylvania. So, you know, it's actually worse than other places. 71 cents in California. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember that um, Pennsylvania was was a little bit more than us, which was kind of surprising to me at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't always win the gold medal. <laughs> but, well, we're close, though. But we're we, we get pretty close, and we win it way more often than we should on all the things that we really shouldn't. Um, so another thing uh, that, that is interesting, you'll actually see this in your property tax um, if you ask for a breakdown, is there is, or at least in the city of Rochester, I guess I can't speak for um, areas outside the city of Rochester, there is a tax for snow plowing, and that does get bundled into your property tax. Um, mine was, I think, about $150 last year. Um, I think it's based on the number of feet in front of your home. So uh, so kind of, kind of an interesting uh, little tax there. But I think the important thing to get to is schools, right? Because I think that's that's one of the biggest things people worry about. Like, if you were to get rid of property tax, um, would there be no schools? And my answer to that is that's kind of like a 50-50 thing because school taxes are separate. However... Um, they usually bundle them in your property tax in that same bill, so it appears that they are the same thing. Um, but your school tax is actually a separate line item compared to your property tax. So theoretically, you could get rid of property tax and still have school tax. And you know, if you're really worried about the funding for your public schools, um, you could kind of be put at ease about that. Um, I, I think that a lot of people feel like the, the school tax is maybe higher than it should be, um, especially if you live in the city of Rochester and you see what's going on with the budget. There's, uh, there's some issues there, at the very least. Um, so we're going to take our last break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about school tax because uh, there's, there's a few things worth noting. So we'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York. Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We're talking about property tax and uh, just the fact that there are some countries that don't have it. Um, obviously, here in New York, it's a pretty hefty bill for some of us. 
um, and just kind of what does your property tax cover? What does it not cover? We kind of debunked some of the usual that, you know, your property tax covers the roads and the schools. Um, it doesn't. There's a gas tax. There is school tax, although sometimes a school tax is on your tax bill. Um, so, you know, it just kind of depends on how your town, city and county, um, you know, divvy them up on your tax bill. But uh, one of the things that I think is um, is important to at least say is, what does your property tax actually cover? <laughs> because if you're talking about all the things it doesn't cover, um, we should hit at least a couple of things it does. And that is going to be things uh, that run your county government. So that, that really is what your property tax covers. Um, you have New York State sales tax that also contributes to your county budget. So um, you may or may not know this, but New York state sales tax is actually only 4%. And then the counties can add in, I think it's up to four and a half, maybe 4.75 um, sales tax. So your county's budget comes from your property tax, comes from some of the sales tax generated within the county. Um, so that's everything from uh, funding your county executive branch, your county exec, your county clerk's office, um, your county legislators, all those salaries, um, grants that they create and give out. Um, if you have a local community college, maybe some of the property tax money may go into funding that. Um, they may go into other development projects. Um, and also, kind of unfortunately, it can go to subsidies to uh, you know give other people tax breaks when you don't get tax breaks. You mean so. redistribution is what you're talking about? Yes, yes, absolutely. Taking money from your pocket that you paid towards in your home and putting it in somebody else's pocket. What a country! Uh, yeah. Yep. So not not so great. That's uh, I'll just kind of put that there. Um, but I think one of the things that that often comes up is school tax. It's usually listed um, maybe on the same bill you receive with property tax. And so a lot of people see their property tax being a part of the school tax. And I, I want to point out, and, and Bob, I don't know if this is the case where you live, but at least in the city of Rochester, um, I don't get to vote on my school budget, but some, some school districts, they do get to vote on the budget. I live in Brighton, so yes. Yeah, so you, you get a chance to vote on your budget. That That's awesome. Um, I think that more people should have the right to vote on their school budget, especially because we're paying school tax. And you should have a say in how your taxes may change um, year by year uh, because that could put you in a situation where you can't afford to live in your home anymore. Well, that's, that's uh, kind of endemic to New York State, is it not? Oh, ab absolutely, a hundred percent. I wish that uh, that the voters in New York could also vote on the budget. So it goes through Albany. You know, say the governor um, signs the budget, and then the government, the governor signing the budget, just puts it on the back of the ballot for the next election. I I think that's how it should be. And then the New Yorkers um, could be could go out and vote yay or nay. We want this budget, or we don't. And if not, they've got a week or so to fix it, and then you go through and vote on it again. Well, not only do we not get the vote on the budget, the legislature in many cases doesn't get the vote on the budget because it gets all snuck into the, you know, the uh, – um, it's, a, it's a political process. 
And it's it's just all it's just forced down their throats. Yeah, especially with with the way things are in New York right now, where we've got this hyper partisan body and we have single party rule. Right. So it's a Democrat control all the way straight through. Um, the party bosses are really just making the decisions and people are just, you know, following suit and doing what they're told. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's supposed to be the, the legislature is supposed to be a deliberative body where they get together and they, they, you know, on behalf of the people representing the voters, the citizens, they, they discuss every issue that, uh, in, in terms of, uh, pending legislation or, or, you know, the, the state budget drama, which of course was, uh, a kind of a, a standing joke for about 20 years because it was never on time. And it got used as a political football. Uh, but now it's all, you know, it's all, you know, it's baked into the process. It all happens behind closed doors. Uh, it's, you know, the leader of the assembly uh, and the, the uh, leader of the Senate and Cuomo and staff. And they just get together and they decide. And it's just a fait accompli. And the legislature that, as you our our new unicameral legislature uh, just uh, you know, rubber stamps the thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, and that's that's a big problem. And and we talk about this all the time: how single party rule is never a good idea. It doesn't matter what party you're in. Um, that is a very big problem. This is a problem we're now living in in New York State, and you see it with some ridiculous laws that are being passed. Um, but what I do want to do is actually, I got a couple of comments here on the live streams. I want to bring these in. So Garrett from YouTube comments in and says, uh, he didn't even realize there were school districts where the residents couldn't vote on the budget. And yeah, that's true. I, I live in one of them. I have no say in my uh, district's budget and they've been way overspending their own budgets, uh, to begin with. Um, and then we've got Emmy from Facebook. He says, uh, Victor school budget voting is the 19th. They're attempting to budget above the cap. Got to get out the vote next Thursday if you're in the district. So those of you listening to the show who might be in the uh, Victor School District, um, sounds like you guys have a vote coming up next Thursday, the 19th. And uh, you definitely want to check out the budget. And if uh, if you don't agree with it, you, you want to get out there and vote accordingly. Yeah, you got to be careful about these pitches, too, that you get from these school districts about how, you know, if we do thus and so, the new swimming pool, the new roof, the uh, science lab, whatever, uh, you know, it's it's only going to cost the equivalent of, you know, like a, a, a nice cup of coffee every week, mm-hmm. you know, forever. Yeah, every yeah. dollar, every dollar that you that is taken from you that you have earned is a little piece of your freedom that you're losing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I remember, um, I don't remember where it was. It might have been Fairport or Victor or or some somewhere over kind of like east side or east of me, anyways. Um, they wanted to build a new library, and the selling point was something like, "Oh, it's only going to cost every family an additional ninety-seven cents or or something." Right. And, you know, but what what they were saying is 97 cents a year for however many years forever was a multi-million dollar project. Um, and and also, like, you know, government is never on budget or on time. Right. And, and they'll come back to you in, in two years and they'll have another, you know, a dollar fifty six, you know, uh, per week budget uh, idea that they want you to sign on to. And that's forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you can't help but look at your property tax bill 
and it's it's thousands of dollars. Some people it's north of ten thousand plus dollars a year, and and I look at that as as a monthly cost, you know. And I go, okay, so say it's uh, say it is ten thousand dollars a year. You're paying almost a thousand dollars a month as a subscription to local government. I mean, you know, you would never pay that for Netflix. Um, but that's that's what you're paying. And every year they come back and go, hey, you know what we should do is we should add more things here. And it's just a little teensy bit more. Um, but someday you got to take a step back and go, wow, I, I just can't afford this. And this is all happening at a time when the school population is dropping dramatically in upstate New York. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's something that uh, which I've brought up. I, I sit on a few boards um, and and this is something that's come up is populations down to the lowest it's been, I think, in over a decade. And, you know, they're asking for more and more money, whether it's for um, community colleges or, or local schools. And they're asking for literally millions on top of millions more in funding. And when you ask, okay, well, how does this equate to the enrollment numbers? And they go, oh, enrollment's down like 30%, 40%. But they want to spend 60% more than they've ever spent before. Um, It's just really concerning. That's that's definitely a concern. And you walk into these schools, they are Taj Mahals. I mean, look, it's great that we've got good schools. You know, that's fine. But you reach kind of a saturation point, I think. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, some of the buildings look absolutely beautiful and gorgeous, and I look at that and go, wow, we spent, you know, let's call it $90 million on this building, but the kids are graduating at a 44% graduation rate. I think we're putting the money in the wrong place. Right, and uh, it's it's just not, it's not always all about the, uh, the the physical plant, too. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and you know, there's, there are many arguments that students actually learn a lot better and more effectively outside of the classroom. Um, you know, I know there are a, co- a few schools that have kind of that outside of the box approach where they actually take the kids out of the classroom, take them to, you know, the Strong Museum or they take them on a field trip and they learn biology, you know, in a park with with dirt and grass and plants and stuff. And that's like a much more effective way of learning. Um, but, it, you know, it doesn't check the box for Common Core or some other government requirement. So oh, my gosh, he can't learn anything without a whiteboard, without a yeah. smart board. Yeah, there you go. You need the smart board, absolutely. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow.